So this is a new lesson. Uh, I won't go into that one, but uh, the title, I don't really like this title for, for this, but uh, I'll just mention this. I was uh, going through old files in the computer the other day, and I found one. I thought, oh, great, this is one that I can do, and it'll be easier. I won't have to spend 20 hours on it like I normally do. And it was entitled, uh, it's a, a lesson that I wrote many years ago, apparently, for Bible exploration, but it did not get printed. And I think I pulled it intentionally because there's a couple of things in there that I had to think about. But anyway, the name of it is The Numerical Significance of the Word Mystery in Scripture. Uh, which sounds good, but then after uh, re-looking at this, i I needed an extra week to uh, think through a, a few things because it's contrary to what I was thinking here. So, anyway, that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And uh, I'm not sure about the timing on this. It may be short. It may be longer than I expect. Uh, but don't expect too much in that respect because I will... Uh, uh, I have a lot of verses to read, but at the same time, uh, if they're not applicable, we we won't use it. So anyway, uh, thank you for joining us, and let's begin uh, by, I'm going to read from this article, just a paragraph to begin with, and we'll take it from there. I do have a, a lot of notation that leads me to other pages here in front of me, and I hope that does not uh, prevent us from uh, understanding what is written here, but... Uh, here's what we're doing. In 2 Timothy 3.16, we read that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And uh, if you think about it, that if you understand where this is going to go, we're going to be looking at a lot of number in scripture. And here's a verse that speaks about uh, scripture is given in inspiration. We're going to be talking about a subject of Supernatural, uh, what's the word I want here? Um, super, supernatural word and works, works and word. Meaning there, there are scriptures that are associated with new, the numeric system we find in the scriptures and also the generity uh, of uh, the words that we use. And we'll see how they're associated with what we're looking at here. But uh, let's read this a little bit further. In second, uh, once again, it's 2 Timothy 3.16. read that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed. An infallible God entrusted fallible men to bring us his perfect word. One way that God has validated that the scriptures are indeed his words is by using a numerical system of supernatural design. This system shows us that although the scriptures were pinned by human hands, there can be no doubt that God intervened over a period of almost 2,000 years <coughs> excuse me, to bind the writings of several men into one theme and to reveal his will and purpose. An example of this supernatural design can be illustrated with the Greek word mysterion, which is mystery or secret. This word occurs 27 times 
We'll be uh, reading this more than once, I think, this morning. So if you've taken notes, uh, I will uh, try to slow down. Okay, the, the word occurs 27 times, which is a, the cube of three. Three cubed, uh, three times three times three equals what? 27, okay. In the New Testament, and nine times uh, three squared, or three times three, in the Septuagint version of the Old Testament. So we're dealing with the Greek in both cases. Numbers can be significant in their direct usage, or as in this case, by the number of times a word is used. So in this particular case where we're looking at the usage of the word mysterion, in the Old and New Testament, uh, that the significance comes with the fact that by the number of times the word is used. But uh, we'll trip along the way, or something will come to our attention that shows us that's, that may not be the only reason uh, that that occurred. But uh, there's other things that are uh, involved here when we speak of that. And when we read the scriptures, and the, the one that I gave there, we're talking about... Uh, the word of God there. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. We're going to see verses that deal with works, the works of God in his creation or the works of God in his uh, methodology of how he's going to use words and so forth. So, uh, So we'll be looking at things like that. So let me read uh, a little bit further here. And uh, numbers can be significant in their direct usage, or as in this case, by the number of times the word is used. A number that is cubed or squared, as in this case, indicates a special of the usage of that word. And I'll just read a little bit further and go back and read some more of this later. Uh, a study of the word mysterion will reveal several things about the hidden wisdom of God. The secrets, number one, the secrets of God. Once again, these are my words. The secrets of God, plural, are revealed as a result of Israel's unbelief. So we're going to see that uh, the, the famous... Uh, saying at one time was, when history ends, mystery begins. Keep that in mind because that is the case that we find when we look at these, we start looking at these different words uh, in, in the scriptures, I'm sorry, that these words fall under. And so um, that's one thing. The secrets of God are revealed as a result of Israel's unbelief. So the Lord does his duty, he does his what he does best in delivering the scriptures, but then we're going to see that because of the heart of men and the non-belief of those who should be should have been believers, that that affects what and when uh, history uh, comes into being in these cases. Number two, truth is hidden because of a warfare between two seed lines spoken of in Genesis 3.15. We ought to read that before I forget about it. So, and you're all aware of this, but uh, forgive me for reading it probably many times in my life. Uh, in Genesis 3, in the garden, we know this pretty well, I believe. Uh, let me start in verse 
14, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity, enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So we're going to see that this plays into what we will be talking about. We will notice there's a major change uh, for human beings and so forth as a result of these verses we're reading here. And um, and it's, it's a warfare. And so uh, we'll read that again. Truth is hidden because of a warfare between two seed lines spoken of in Genesis 3.15. So we'll look at verses that uh, that certainly bear that out. Uh, in war, it is always a wise strategy to keep information secret from the enemy. I think we had an election here, not this time, but a few elections ago, where there was a, one of the those who were, was running for the president, I believe it was, uh, told the world how he was going to... Uh, emphasize uh, how we're going to respond to certain things in war and et cetera, et cetera. And then we had his opponent clashing with him on the fact that you never, ever want your enemy to know what you're, st- what you're doing. And so let's, <laughs> those are good words for us as we consider this, too, in our own lifetime. Uh, and then certain truths of God are kept secret from his own children who are in unbelief. It is not our intention to look at each occurrence individually, but rather to consider the numerical pattern of how the word is distributed in Scripture. And uh, one place we're going to look at here, let me read this. The nine occurrences in the Septuagint are found in the book of Daniel. Mysterion is found in, and there's a list of the verses, 218, 19. We'll come back to this. 218, 19, 27. 28, 29, 30, and uh, 47, and then also over in 4.9. So we'll look at that this morning, I believe, if we can uh, get fit that in here. Uh, these mysteries were interpretations of the dreams of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Assyria. They speak of Gentile dominion and appear during a period when Israel was in captivity a result of their unbelief. The number nine, and this is what we're going to go after, is what do, what do these numbers mean? The number nine is associated with judgment. So anytime we see that, see a word or that's associated with the number nine, it may be you, that may be reading a passage that occurs nine times in it or something like that. And, uh, that's certainly what we're going to run into in this particular study because we're looking at uh, the mystery in scripture and the, the mystery, the word uses of the word that, uh, land in the letters written by the apostle Paul and so forth. So that is forthcoming here this morning. Um, I will not, we will not talk about that particular subject this morning, uh, hopefully next week. So I think many of you are aware of the book that's written that's written by uh, uh, Mr. Bollinger. And hold on one second here. Get some 
got it lined up. Uh, and so, in doing so, it, it uh, impresses me that that man could write the number of books that he wrote and give it the attention. I don't know how he did that in his lifetime. I know he was so busy and so and so much, but you just look at that one book. And this was later in his years because he mentions the name. Have you heard of the name uh, Pannon? Ivan Pannon, I believe that's his name. Yeah, I know. I know one person knows that. I don't know. If, uh, Mike knows that name because the first time I met him in Phoenix at a conference, he was uh, he spoke, I believe, about uh, some of the things that this man had developed and so forth. Uh, he's one who figured out how to even begin to look at these numbers and stuff. Uh, about 20 years ago, when I was fooling around on in Excel, I too put this together uh, in Excel, how did you take a Hebrew word or a Greek word and get the results of what the numerics of it is or the geometria is, one of the two. Um, and so, anyway, it's if uh, this Pannon guy would have had a computer back in the early 1900s, uh, I think we'd have a bunch of books on this particular subject because it is extreme. If you read of the, I think 15 to 20 times, he, uh, Mr. Bollinger posted on things to come some of this man's writings. And you could tell the amount of time it took to take a word and filter it out and to break down the Greek or the Hebrew and so forth and get some numerics out of it. And we'll see some examples this morning. I think most of you are aware of them. Uh, and, and see that there is some power in this. So this, once again, I want to remind you that there's two things that we're dealing with here. One is that the word, God has given us the word to communicate, but he's also given us his works, the works of creation and many different works that we see as a result that this particular subject, uh, begins to make sense and and we can see how it, how the Lord uses that and so forth. So it's just an extension of the Word of God. It's his his work and so forth. And so there's some uh some scriptures that we want to look at there too and let's uh let's look at a series of verses here. First let's look at Psalms 147 verse 4 and I'll take the slow method here of summing through the pages. And I'll it again here. So Psalms 147. Uh, I believe we'll get the one aspect of this here. I wrote it down. I'm saying uh, 147 verse 4. Let's see what we read here. That is not the verse I want. Let's, let me bring them with me in a moment. Okay, I'm in 144. Sorry. 147 and verse 4. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by names. Now, you heard some of these verses last week. But here he's speaking about, the. when you see the word number here, we can at least get in our minds that, hey, maybe there's a little bit more to what he speaks of here. And we will see several verses that speak in this manner 
that are associated with uh, creation, and, uh, and 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 it may help us in something like we're doing over in uh, the New Testament with uh, the Hebrew and the Greek. I'm sorry, the the Greek on the word mysterium. Uh, so along with this. I believe there's a note here by Mr. Bollinger. Here's what he said we read of in Revelation chapter 15. I believe that's been we're close to that point right now, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the study of bronze. So what did I say? Uh, Revelation 15. First three verses. Let's see if this is what I wanted. Uh, and I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up with the wrath of God. Uh, well, and, and what I'm looking for here, uh, next verse he talks about the number of his name and so forth. So here we get a glimpse of the power of what this super... Uh, information is that he's that he's going to add to the scriptures, so to speak. Uh, when you go to a verse like this, and I'm sorry, this isn't what I had in mind, but uh, let me let me back up just a couple here to chapter 12, and you'll you may ask the question, what are you asking? What are you doing with this? And so we read here in verse 12, uh, verse one of 12, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon after her, under her feet, and upon her head a crown of the twelve stars. And she being with child cried travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. So here these three verses speak of something appearing in heaven. And if you look at this from the standpoint of of what potentially this could mean is this was not a woman particularly and so forth. This may have something to do with the constellations. This is alignments of planets and, and different things. If you read several of these verses and if, if you knew something about the, uh, those things, you may be able to come in to, uh, to, to some understanding of when this may, this thing may happen. And so, just just on its own, a side study of the constellations and all the stars in itself would give you a humongous amount of, of information. I believe over time, the Lord, in the, in the early days, <clears throat> up to the flood and, and shortly thereafter, there was much of this constellation reading and so forth, and that's why uh, many things happened and or ju- there's judgments that occurred because as a Result of it. Well, I don't want to go too far off base here, but these indirectly have uh, some meaning to uh, to what's going on. Uh, let me read. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to do. I believe I can get these verses in along with some other things here that I, if I can read to you, and that may not be a good idea. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, so bear with me when I read some, some out of this, this particular book. So this is entitled Design Shown in the Word of God. We're talking about, once again, numerics and, uh, gematria. 
And we now come to the word of God, which is the greatest and to us most important of all God's works. May we not. So he's talking about works versus the word or yes, the word of God and and the works of God. May we not look far and expect to find number used not only with the same wondrous design, but here with significant with significance. Uh, let me drop down a little bit. In Daniel 8.13. Actually, today we're going to look at Daniel chapter 2 because it has eight of those words, Mysterion, and uh, in chapter 13, note this, or I'm sorry, in chapter 8, note this, concerning um, what's going on in the book of Daniel. I always thought in my mind that if you want to know something about the book of Revelation, you better know something about the book of Daniel. There's many things here that are passed on, but in a sense that makes it harder to understand. I think the Lord had reserved a lot of truth that could have been given to mankind, but has not because of unbelief and unfaithfulness. But uh, let me read here. In Daniel 8.13 we read, Then I heard one saint speaking and another saint said unto that certain saint which spake. And by the way, the word saint here is represents an angel. So he says, I heard one angel speaking, and another angel uh, said unto that certain saint which spake, How long shall the vision concerning the daily sacrifice and the transgression of desolation, etc.? Here a revelation of a certain future prophetic event was made to Daniel by a certain saint or holy one, that is, a holy angel. And another angel asked a question concerning numbers. How long, etc. The name of that certain saint is given in the Hebrew and is placed in margin with its meaning. His name is Talmud, the numberer. Of secrets are the wonderful numberer. So that there is one holy angel at least whose function has to do with numbers. Numbers, therefore, and their secrets hold an important place in the words as well as in the works of God. A wonderful numberer presides over them and has his place in making known the things of God. So this goes beyond this earth. Uh, and if you go back and look at this particular passage, I believe he was referring to Alexander the Great. I don't remember. I did a study on Daniel 1 once. It was one of the funnest, night, uh, best uh, subject matters that I had ever covered in the scripture. But uh, here he goes beyond that and tells us there's somebody who's responsible for the numbers. So you can begin to see a little bit more about how uh, powerful words are as well as works and and uh, I could read on a little bit further and probably give us some more information on this particular thing but for sake of time let's not do that uh, there's a list of verses that I was going to read here they basically point to the fact that there is <clears throat> there are works that that are associated with things that happen in the scriptures and it's something for us to pay attention to so based on our time, uh, I'm going to skip over to um, a few things here. So let me ask you, how many books are there in the Bible? Yell it out. Print it down. What is, how much is it? 66. I hear 66. Yeah. 
Anybody else? I don't see. Okay, we get a 60 second. Okay, I, you know that I'm just baiting you there when, I, when I'm ready to give that. In our Bible, it's 66. Now, this number 6 and 6, uh, those aren't good numbers. And you know the number 666, not a good number. Well, it's actually, and, and this could be testified by um, Josephus, who wrote, who lived just shortly after the Lord was on the earth, and who wrote a, uh, the history for uh, the Romans and so forth. That's a long story there. But uh, he makes, it, makes us understand there that there are 22 books in the Hebrew Bible. And a lot of that has to do with a, with a couple things. One is uh, they don't carry companion Bible. They didn't carry companion Bibles around in those days. If they had anything, they had a scroll, and they were large, so they combined several of them. And for the sake of, uh, I believe, the book of Daniel and also Jonah, because it speaks of Gentiles, uh, Jonah dealt with Nebuchadnezzar, and people didn't like that. And so, anyway, the there's 22 Old Testament scriptures, and then we have 27 in the New Testament. So what does that equal to? 22 plus 27 is 49. 7 times 7. So we begin to start, if we look at things, and, and I'm saying that rapidly, uh, we begin to see things um, that show us that, hey, there's something that, that numerics may have to do with things here. Probably not as much in this day as it was uh, through the Old Testament scriptures and so forth, but indeed, it's there's still a lot of that there, and so um, anyway, that's just a side note uh, considering the, the number of uh, books of the Bible, but something to, to uh, certainly look at. So um, let's just look real quickly as we and we're trying to understand the supernatural uh, means that the Lord is. Uh, bringing truth to those who will believe him through numerics. And I'm going to look at uh, a few verses here that, and, and I think they're pretty obvious and get, will give us a good idea of what's going on with it. Uh, and that is the two numbers, 8 and 13. When they are used together, they have their own supernatural effect. Uh, or when you use these, look at these two individually, you'll find a, a different concept here in this. But I'm going to turn to Genesis 14.4. I'm going to read a few verses and we'll see how the Lord works, particularly back in this day. So what did I say? Genesis 14. Let's read a couple of verses here. And we read, uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. And it came to pass, in verse 1, it came to pass in the days of Amphrael, king of Shinar, Ariok, king of Elisar, uh, Chedorah, Lomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of nations, that these made war with Bera, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of... Well, here's a, so here's a long list of some, some names of countries and whatever that were involved. And this particular chapter deals with Adam. It deals with uh, his nephew and... Uh, in, uh, in that he was, uh, uh, he got in trouble in this particular passage of scripture. But let's read the verse for, so there's, I think, uh, uh, I forget the, the number of people here, but these, these guys have all joined together and it's going to affect, um, 
Abraham, and so forth. So, uh, verse 4, we read, 12 years they served Shedrach, Lemar, and in the 13th year, what did they do? They rebelled. That tells us and gives us an idea of what the number 13 means in Scripture. Well, it means uh, something different to, to us human beings who live today, who know the English. We think of this as bad luck and whatever. Well, in a sense it is. So they rebelled. And this is the, and it says in verse 5, and in the 14th year, so we introduce another number, came Shalomar and the kings that were with him and so on and so forth. So there's the usage of a negative, <coughs> excuse me, a word and it, it turns out to be negative. And if, uh, for the sake of time, if you read chapter 17 and verse 5, we read about Ishmael. And he, uh, at the age of 13, I believe it was, he was baptized, or I'm sorry, he was circumcised, I believe. Uh, he might look in that, 1725. <clears throat> Let me see how the, uses, how the word is used there. So we keep on going. Genesis 1-1. The very first verse of Genesis 1-1 has 28 letters, Hebrew letters, and seven words. And I believe we have a number for the syllables, but... Number one, number one here is associated with the, the seven, the number seven. Seven obviously is a good number if we see it in scripture. In verse two, let's, what does it say in verse two of Genesis one? Verse one. Well, it says, and the earth became without form and void and darkness was up on the face of the deep. Well, why do we care? What if this has a number associated with it that is a bad number? Wouldn't that tell you that, hey, maybe there is something supernatural about what's going on here? Well, what we find is that there are 52 letters in this verse, 14 words, and those numbers, the numerics of this, or the geometria, turns out to be 4 times 13. So the number 13 is induced, is, re, is included and introduce, I should say, in the second chapter here, and notice that the earth became without form and void in darkness. I believe that there is some supernatural work of the Lord that he can use this to help us understand a scripture. And if that's the case, those who disagree with the fact that uh, there, the earth was without form and void, or became without form and void in darkness and so forth, uh, this is something to take a look at. It's an extra thing we got in our back pocket to look at something to get understanding out of. Now, quickly, if you, and forgive me for doing it this way because I, it, uh, I believe it's uh, not as easy to understand. I don't have anything to pass out. But uh, let's real quickly, if you've studied this before, there's two seed lines that we, that are introduced in Genesis. We read it just a little while ago about, uh, Adam and also, uh, well, we didn't read this, but we, we read uh, Adam's seed line, uh, I should say Seth's seed line, and Cain's seed line. So if you go down uh, the list here, Adam is 40, his number is 45, Seth is 700, unexpected to write these down or anything, but there's a long list of the names of those who are in this seed line. And you get to the bottom of this one with the one that was with Seth. 
and the number comes out to be, you add all that up, and the number comes out to be 3168, which is the derivative of uh, 8 times 396. So the number 8, which is a very positive number, it represents resurrection. Uh, uh, we've got a panel in our house, and every time you go to change the octave, there's a new set of keys to, to deal with. And so you can see how it works not only in uh, scriptural things, but in uh, things in our life. Uh, those these There is a significance to these numbers. If you look at Cain's seed line and you go down the list, you add them all up, it comes to 2223, and that weighs out to 13 times 9 times 19. So you can see that the 13 is in there and it's just enough to mess things up. So they're just the the seed lines in the first few chapters of the scriptures tell us the good and bad news about each of these. Uh, there is, uh, if you look at Noah, he had three sons and his, his number, his total number comes out once again with this, uh, with the number eight in the picture. Uh, the name Satan in the Hebrews is the number 364, which is 13 times 28. So 13, once again, is in there. In his, his in the Greek is 2197, which is 13 cubed. Uh, so we can go on and on and on. Uh, one thing that caught my attention was, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3, and we can look at the numerics of this particular verse that would certainly affect our, catch our attention. And we'll look at, um, what did I say? Ephesians 3, 2. What do we read here? Oops. Bear with me a moment. Now, I would assume some of you have, under, or have run across this at some point in your time. <clears throat> and, uh, and certainly appreciate some of the things that are being said. So here in Ephesians, I believe this was by the pan, pen and guy. Uh, anyway, we read a verse, I said five, I don't want five. I want three, two. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me toward you. So he broke down uh, some of these words. I believe the dispensation and perhaps the grace of God. And the two terms that come to light here is... Uh, no, wait a minute. Uh, it must be, I might have written this backwards here. Let's see if it's three, if it's two, three. Two, three is, uh, okay, two, two. It speaks about the prince, prince of the power of the air. And it just so happens that particular word has the number 13 as part of it. And the word air here, same thing, 13. And if it's 612, one that we know very well, and forgive me for taking so much time on these things, but I think they're fairly important. In Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and so on and so forth. And, it, and that's not an accurate uh, reading of that verse, but it in itself has the number, includes the number 13. The number 16 to 11 speaks of these rulers of darkness and whatever, and it 
some point somebody has figured out that this number 13 occurs there. So uh, it's not only for a list of names in the Old Testament. There's a lot of things that come to our mind. Okay, so time is running out. Daniel chapter 2. We will take a quick look here at this word, or I'm sorry, the usage of the word musterion in the in the uh, Greek. And uh, let's see if we have enough time to read this. So bear with me. It will just be a slow read. Chapter 2 of Daniel. Now, it's important to understand, you know, what's going on at this particular time. And uh, at this time, the, I believe the first time Nebuchadnezzar goes into Israel during uh, that period of time, uh, this, that's when this is. So uh, the, here we have the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm in verse 1, dream dreams were with his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. And then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever, tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. So, here you know this story, uh, that Daniel comes into the scene, and he gives the uh, meaning of this dream that he had. And uh, so if we drop down, because of topic here, hopefully I'll be able to find the verse now. Uh, beginning in 2.18. We read this. So this is the first time in the Old Testament scriptures we have the term musterion. We do have the the name or the word secret in other places, but it's not the word musterion. It's a different word for it. So what we read here real quickly is uh, in 2.18. Uh, let's back up one verse. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Michelle, and is Ezariah his companions. So this is when he cuts the deal with uh, Nebuchadnezzar and he says, uh, give him some time to do this and he allows it. And he says that they sh- they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this mysterion, this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. And we go on through this chapter, we read in verse 18, 19, 27, 28, 29, 30, 47, it occurs twice. So this is, let's keep in mind here that here's, we have uh, an association with a Gentile, and that is Nebuchadnezzar. We can see that, remember the history here, that Israel has already, Nebuchadnezzar has already taken over some of Israel, and he's marched them into here, and that's what we'll read much about in this particular passage of Scripture here in Daniel. But Daniel, through the Lord, is able to answer to this secret or this mystery, 
And he opened that door. And one of the things we might consider is that, is this, the question would be asked, is this the fulfillment of Romans chapter 11? Let me read it real quick. And I believe it's 25. He says, I would, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So the issue is, or the question is, is there a relationship between the fullness, this time period that he speaks of here, with that over here in Daniel? Was this not... The uh, the actual beginning of the times of the Gentiles. Something to keep in mind as we read. So, because of time's sake here, I don't want to go too far. Um, in fact, that's as far as we're going to go. Uh, and what we will look at next time is, uh, I'll just read these things. The 27, 27 occurrences in the New Testament, this word mysterion, Three times in the Gospels, four times in the book of Revelation, and uh, 20 times in Paul's epistles, 8 before Acts 28 and 12 after Acts. i gotta, I got to confirm these, but anyway, that's what we will move into next week as we uh, hopefully not spend weeks and weeks and months on this particular subject, but um, I think get a good little taste here of numerics and geometria and numbers and so forth and their value in scriptures. And as I said, I believe you can use it as something, as a backup. Maybe that solves an issue if indeed the Lord has so so uh, proposed such a thing there. So anyway, let's stop there. Let's have a word of prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your good word. Thank you for what we have in Christ, your Son, thank you for uh, the fact that we do know of a tremendous mystery that's associated with our hope and our calling. And we ask that you open our minds and understanding to those and the beauty of those as we search out these things. And these things we thank you, uh, also thinking of those who are in need, um, once again, that you... Uh, intervene and bless and, and and show your will. In these things we thank you now in the name of our Lord Christ Jesus. Amen.